I'm Adam, and this is the Year 9 AM podcast. At work, our different experiences, perspectives, and backgrounds collide, and it's not always obvious how the small and large decisions we make affect other people. I created Year 9 AM to make it easy for people to start conversations that create change where they work. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter yet, sign up at year9am.com. In this podcast episode, I discuss the latest newsletter story with Caitlin Hutcherson and my wife, Anna. So let's get down to business. Today's story is about how the inclusive practice of asking everyone to speak up in meetings can actually have unforeseen consequences. This story seems surface level, but I think there's a lot to talk about. Caitlin, when I first shared this story with you, you said you could completely relate in your role as a customer success manager. Can you touch on that for some quick context? And then we'll talk more specifically about the story. It's very easy, I think, probably at like a lot of companies to be in a room with certain people who are experts in their own field and feel as if they're very smart and you have very little context or value to add to a conversation. And I felt when I got to to the company I'm at now, I had come from a a non-technical company and had just started at a very technical company. I just felt like I'm I'm now speaking with engineers instead of like a marketing person and I have zero context and I don't know what I'm doing. And so that's where the inadequacy I I think came from was just feeling like I'm in this role that says that I'm your customer success manager and I'm supposed to support you on this thing that you're using that you pay a lot of money for, but I actually don't have any answers for you. And so now I have to pass the buck to all of these other people. And now I feel like I'm not really um, like I'm not credible in my role. I just had to bite the bullet and learn a little bit more. When I got hired, there was no onboarding and I knew that coming in. So as a startup, the focus was very like product first and sales focused and not as focused on that success arm of the business. And then we had a retention problem and a shift happened where the company woke up and said, okay, actually, yes, sales are important, but a lot of people are leaving and we need to figure out how to retain these customers. So we need to be more proactive. They're still trying to figure out the right onboarding and like education. And I've been at the company for three and a half years. Your story is so interesting because it shows how hard it is to implement effective training programs and how long that can actually take for employees that might be in a position where they really need them. Um, When you're uncomfortable in a meeting with these other people that know more than you and and expect you to participate, what are your expectations? I don't know. I think some of it is a personality thing. I think I, um, as a human, tend to shy away from speaking if I feel... Like, I don't really know the people or if I um, don't feel like I know the answer, I tend to err on the side of like, don't say anything because you don't want to look stupid. You know, like I've, I've always been that way. And that comes from like, you know, anybody in school growing up who said a wrong answer and was teased for like, oh my God, you don't know that, you know, like that kind of thing that happens in school growing up. Yeah. Um, I think I just got to a point where I was like, if I don't 
if I'm not a hundred percent certain in an answer, I'd rather just not say anything and be quiet and listen and try to figure it out. And then I'm that person that will then leave the room and ask somebody in private, like one-on-one for more context or like do the research to figure out what the answer is if I didn't know something, but I'm not the one in the room to be like, Hey, explain this. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I can totally relate to that. I've actually, um, pushed myself in the past couple of years in particular to um, always speak up. And so I, I definitely am the same way naturally. I think my natural tendency is to want to know everything and be an expert before I feel comfortable offering an opinion or offering any information uh, in a group setting in particular. Yeah. And you're very analytical. I'm very analytical. <laughs> so if I, if I feel like I don't have the right information, then I'm just like, well, what's the point? Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> but now, cause I've seen, um, cause what I, you know, what I do is I, I train people. And so what I've seen is to what you've, what you touched on is that everybody learns a little bit differently. Everybody in the room reacts differently to information. And so the way I've positioned it in my head is if I have this question, I'm probably not the only one to have the question. And so I might as well be the person to voice it. And then if people think, you know, oh, I, you know, if, if I look bad or I like, if, if people think that I'm dumb or I feel that way, I can kind of soothe myself and say like, well, I knew the answer. I was just saying it for other people. <laughs> so, so that's sort of the shift that I made for myself internally. And it allowed me to kind of open up a little bit and feel more comfortable being vulnerable in those situations. Sure. So it's not something that other people could do for me to, to answer your question in terms of like, what could other people in the room do to make that easier? Right. I, I think part of it was like getting some coaching from uh, like a career coach to help me feel a little bit more comfortable in those scenarios. Part of it was just like a lot of self-reflection and, deciding like how I wanted to grow and how I wanted to be perceived. And for me, that was like, I didn't want to be the person that sat in a meeting and didn't say anything for two hours. I wanted to be somebody who no matter what my voice was heard, people knew who I was. People knew that I was uh, going to offer something. But was it like that for you from the beginning? I mean, because no. there is a shift that you're no, talking about. Yeah. You'll make yourself vulnerable to help other people. That's but, what I tell myself. Right, right. <laughs> but you're also in this role where you are head of enablement at your company. And so you're not necessarily in the same position as someone that might be new to your company or someone that might be that person in that room that doesn't want to speak up. In other words, I feel like you're in a position where it's it's almost okay and valuable to be vulnerable. Whereas if you're not in that position, if you're the the new person or the person that's feeling inadequate, being vulnerable is kind of the last thing that you want to do because in my, in my opinion, you go home and then you're like, Oh, do I want to go to work the next day? You have trouble waking up and going to work. Uh, So that's interesting to me. Yeah. I guess, I guess I, you know, I think I would encourage other people that have been at the company longer or her like Caitlin, like you were saying, you know, you walked into those rooms and people were asking you questions. I think there's a way to pose those questions to new people and read people's body language too. I'm sure you weren't sitting there like eager to answer those questions. No, <laughs> you're probably a sponge. And so it's like, you know, posing the questions as, um, Hey, I don't expect you to know this answer. I really just want to know, like, what is your gut reaction to this? There is no wrong answer. Like we're just having a conversation. So kind of a way yeah. to soften it a little bit and like set those expectations. Okay. Um, if I'm being it... totally honest, that probably wouldn't have helped me in that scenario <laughs> because I'm like, you're saying that, but I still don't 
feel like I'm in yeah. a safe place because it was still right. unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like three and a half years later, I sit, I, one of the projects I'm working on right now is a like super technical new product. And I'm, I'm the program manager on it and I'm sitting in the room and I'm able to help like troubleshoot some of the issues that our beta users are having and ask questions. And sometimes the engineers are like, no, this is what's happening. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they don't expect, there's no expectation that I understand the ins and outs of how this thing is built, but they do value my perspective as having the experience that I have with how our users use our product and having that customer empathy. And so it's just bringing, having the confidence that I'm bringing this different skill set into the room and a different perspective into the room. So I do, at this point, I feel fairly confident at my company and I know that I just have a different view of, uh, you know, approaching problem solving than, you know, an engineer might have in a room. And I think that actually makes, you know, solving a problem a lot better because the engineers aren't thinking about the end user and their day to day. (laughs) Not at all. They're they're thinking, (laughs) (laughs) which which is actually a quite fun conversation now because the people that I work with And again, like I will echo again and again that I feel very fortunate in my situation, but the people that I work with are not people that say you're wrong and I know the answer and that's not how it is. And they want to, you know, work together to feel like there's a, a real solution. So my, my confidence is much, much higher than it used to be. Um, now that I've really like established myself and, um, and I do speak my mind quite often in meetings now, which I'm sure some people wish I would just go back and be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love all of that, that you just said, uh, in particular, I like the fact that you said, I'm not an engineering, you know, I'm not an engineering, I'm not going to be an expert there, but I have this other perspective and I think that it could be valuable. Because I think that it's something that if you're, regardless of, you know, your expertise or experience at a company, if you're someone in a room, you always can bring your own perspective to situations. That doesn't mean that everyone's always going to be receptive of it. But I, I think that that's, that's so, we often kind of overlook and undervalue that when I think it's really the most important thing that you can bring to work with you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I say that, especially with your engineering example, I have, I have managed different engineering, different types of engineering teams and, and cross-functionally in the, in the, in the engineering world, I can tell you that, and you probably recognize this too, engineers have a very narrow perspective of the customer you know, they think they, they often make assumptions and they have to work on those assumptions because they don't have all the information. They can't possibly work with all the information that's out there. And so they try to look at the customer as this kind of this in this box, right? And, and it's so much more than that. And because you're customer facing, you obviously have that perspective and someone that is in a similar customer facing role might have an entirely different perspective than you. So it's possible for, I, I guess my point is, I think it's possible for anyone to really bring value to a room. But so what I'm curious to hear is, let's say that you're, still not there. And you said that 
in response to what Anna was saying, that you wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable if one of the leaders said, hey, well, I'm just going to throw this out there and, and try to make everyone feel comfortable. Like, what can, what can leaders actually do? So we've kind of talked about what the person in that position can do, but what can the leaders in the room or, or you know, other managers in the room do to make people feel comfortable? Is it outside of the room? Yeah, I think it starts outside of the room. And then I think when you're in the room, one, like, don't fire off aggressive questions to people that are that look uncomfortable you know I think there's a balance to to drawing out the shy people and giving everybody a voice and then also respecting that sometimes like that actually just makes things worse and so being a little bit empathetic in that way and then also just being I think as a leader really clear about what you're talking about so that somebody who is newer or maybe isn't familiar with the topics doesn't have to ask what they feel like are obvious questions. For instance, like in tech, we use all of these stupid acronyms. They're like, and all the time, every time has different ones. So it's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And so at our company, we have, we started kind of a, a, um, uh, like a dictionary almost for common terms. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And like in (laughs) in onboarding or like when people start, it's just like, read this. Like if you've got questions about what is going on, like read this. And if something's not on there and you hear it, you can talk to somebody else afterwards and be like, what did that mean? Can we put that on that doc? And then somebody in the future will benefit from that. Okay. So I think it's kind of, I mean, it's hard when it's like the early, early stage startup where they're just isn't the resources to put this together. But as you do start to grow and bring on more and more people, I, I think like putting those things together that you can go and find after the meeting um, to educate yourself. Like Caitlin was saying, like she would yeah. leave and want to go and find those answers. Um, so I think that's part of it. And then also just being really open as a leader and being approachable so that you don't feel, you don't feel like you're uh, like off but, limits. But to find that, I mean, what does that mean? I think being approachable kind of yeah, that's true. is You're so right. subjective. That is, it's like really what makes word. one approachable? It also depends on the context of the meeting, right? Is it like goal planning? Is it an enablement right. like onboarding class? Like, is right. it, you know, or boot camp or whatever you want to call it? Um, or is this, you know, we're like actually getting some serious shit done and this is like a working session and we're whiteboarding and like, it, there are so many different possibilities and I would assume that your ex, the expectation of an individual in each of those meetings is going to be quite different, right? So like if you're in onboarding or in like, you know, a sales class or something or success or whatever your role is and you're learning, then yes, the the framing of that is that you are learning something new and the expectation might not be quite as high And then there are going to be day-to-day meetings that your team is just a part of. You get added to these invites and it might be day one and you're, it's on your calendar and you're like, I have no context. This is my first day. And, you know, my team members seem to know the answers and be giving, you know, input. And they're telling me like, I I should feel confident giving input too, but I feel like I have zero context and zero credibility to say anything. So I think it really just depends on the type of meeting you're in, the way it's framed. And, and it is a very individual thing too, right? Like how confident do you Mm -hmm. feel? Um, And that could, that could range quite broadly. 
I love that yeah. you brought up the acronyms. I created an engagement guide and one of the tabs I added into the document was acronyms at Optimizely because I was like, <laughs> because I was like, if anybody joins and uses this guide to help their customers, this will be helpful no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out mm -hmm. that the enablement team had also been keeping an acronym guide for people. And we both had some different things that neither of like the other one didn't. It's such it's a problem. Hilarious. Honestly, it just makes me feel like I'm living in like a TV show sometimes. <laughs> Does anybody it's know so what we're bad. talking about right now? And I was also thinking to your point about like the differing level of confidence of people in the in the meeting. I'm sure people could be listening to this uh to us talking about this and not even remotely relate. You know, I think that there are people I see it all the time um when people onboard and start there are people that can walk into a new company, into a new role, and immediately feel comfortable, or at least can um, present, them present themselves so like, yeah. as feeling comfortable and like <laughs> ask those questions and dive right in. And I've always been a little bit jealous of those people because <laughs> for me, <clears throat> that doesn't come naturally. Um, so I'm, you know, I think acknowledging that, like it, it does, it it is a personality thing to some degree, but I'm, I'm so curious. Um, I kind of want to get one of those people. Are you one of those people? Can you walk in and just do that? Adam? No, not at all. Okay. I, I will though. <laughs> I feel like I see you as being one of those people. I know. I'm not. I'm, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an observer. So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll be quiet the first meeting and then I'll just be taking notes the whole time and, you know, in my head on paper. And then the next meeting I'll get you. Okay. Sniper. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. I will go through everything. But yeah, the first meeting, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not a chance. You got to get the lay of the land. See, that's me. impressive though. That that's a that's a quick ramp for me. I'm like, well, you know, a couple yeah, that is a but, month or two. But, but, too. <laughs> yeah. but that that goes back to that outside perspective yeah. where it's like, okay, I've observed you guys. I see what you're doing here. I think that I can add value. Mm. This is my perspective, and yeah. no one can take that from me ever. So, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. You've that's got a good soundbite. No one can take it from you. That is such a good soundbite. Oh, I got to yeah. quote that. Yeah, right down. <laughs> good thing okay. we're recording. <laughs> <laughs>